the Fierce Leadership Podcast. What's up, peeps? Welcome back to the Fierce Leadership Podcast, connecting your Bible to your leadership and your leadership to your Bible. Well, we're going to finish up in this episode, the third section of the Leadership Foundations course. We've been talking about how to share your God story. I hope that you've gotten some good tips out of the last two episodes. And finally, we're going to wrap it all up with gentle clarity. We said in order for us to share our God story, we have to have spiritual preparation, deliberate intentionality, and gentle clarity. And you know, I just believe in God is really going to use this in your life. I really believe God is going to help you confidently and boldly become more effective at sharing your faith story than ever before. And we're going to see a great harvest because you took the time and the trouble to grow your leadership in this area. Now, there are just a few PDFs that go along with this entire talk, parts one, two, and three, that you should be able to find on the website or on the blog post or wherever you get this. Make sure you check those out. Let's jump back in right now. How to share your God story, gentle clarity. All right, welcome back to part three. So again, we said the very first thing we need to do is spiritually prepare As we are preparing, we want to be deliberately intentional with people. And then finally, we want to have gentle clarity. Okay, so when I was in high school, uh, I had a history professor that really just did a poor job. I think a lot of history professors do a poor job for this very reason. They share random details about history, but they don't share the story. They don't share the stakes. They don't share what it means that these things happened and what it led to. I am now in my adult life, very much of a uh, amateur historian. I love history. I want to devour as much of it as I can, but that is largely because I now understand the stories and the story. Whereas before I did not, because the ones explaining it to me just gave me bits and pieces without helping me see the big picture. We need to be careful of that with regard to the gospel. Many people know things about Jesus They just don't know the fullness of the story. No one has taken the time to explain it to them in a compelling way where they get the big ideas uh, so that they can appropriate them into their own life. Explaining the gospel to others takes more than hope and vague ideas about the gospel. It takes clarity and intentionality. So here's where we're going to begin. We're going to begin with love before Judgment. You know, there's many folks uh, that will tell you, hey, man, start with the law. And I can see how they get there. Ray Comfort and his organization and the things that they do, Way of the Master. Now, I'm no Ray Comfort, okay? And and he, he kills this. He's so awesome at this. And there, maybe there's people that are really gifted with that particular way of doing it like he is, where you just, you preach the law to somebody until they like almost cry and then you give them the gospel. Not saying, not trying to minimize the wonderfulness of what he does. I do think you should help them understand judgment is real, but we start with love, the love of God, because love is the motivation for the father himself. God himself, it was because of love that he sent the son, not so he could punish those who had betrayed the law. He sent the son because of love. It is his great love for us that causes him to initiate salvation. And people need to understand that love is such a thing that it would crucify the son of God. 
that's a really big deal. So I always want to start with, hey, before anything else, no matter who I'm talking to, can you understand, you have to understand the love of God first or you're not going to get this. So we begin with love before judgment. That's just going to characterize how we talk about it. We're not going to hide the judgment. We're just going to begin with love. We're going to take the pressure off of us. As we said in the first section, the lost coming to Jesus is a power of God thing. That's why the disciples were commanded by Jesus to wait for the Holy Spirit. He said, oh my word, guys, don't even think for a minute that you're going to be able to do this. You need to wait. Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Uh, yeah, you can be my witnesses, but don't you dare try that without the Holy Spirit doing it. We need the Spirit of God active in someone. That's why we did the whole first section, spiritual preparation. And we need the Spirit of God active as we go to share this. Without communication, let's remember, people don't become born again. So we start with the love of God. Then we're going to go to the breaking of the law faith toward Christ. Christ is the only way to be saved. Christ himself is the one who saves us. And usually in most cases, I'm going to keep this about uh, faith in Jesus' ability and desire to save us. Okay. Some people want to get you on a tangent and you have to watch for tangents. People and the enemy especially will try to pull you into, well, let's talk about this minor issue. I've heard people try to talk, well, let's talk about evolution. Or let's talk about, is Jesus really the only way? Hey, there are answers to those questions, and I will defend them to the death. But I will tell you, you do not need to solve that for somebody for them to get saved. Those You don't need to believe the right things about evolution. All they need to do is believe that Jesus is the way God has sent them to save them. Don't argue people into faith in Christ. Help them put their faith in the legitimate answer to their salvation need, which is Jesus Christ. Faith in Christ's desire and ability to save them. And then that includes repentance from sin. God is asking for you to, with his help, turn your sin over to him and let him be your king. We don't want to be afraid to talk about sin. So let me tell you what you can do to make this less awkward, okay? As far as I can tell, this is always a faith step. It's never like, this doesn't bother me at all. I need no faith to do this. That's probably a bad sign if you need no faith to do it. But God works by our faith. To make it less awkward, here's what I'm going to suggest. A rehearsed testimony, meaning you rehearse it. An explanation or two that you rehearse so that you are ready when called upon to do this. And a rehearsed invitation, little mini monologue script that you have just in your head of how you would do this. Again, not necessarily memorizing literal lines. I'm not saying that would be bad. You're just ready. You kind of know the paths, you know, the moves here on the chessboard to help bring this about. And we want to practice till it sounds natural. Okay. So many of you might be familiar with the napkin explanation. You can do it on a napkin and it is just crossing the bridge. Okay. This may have been done a lot, but it is it works very well, all right? So don't poo-poo it until you've tried it a few times. We start with just these two cliffs on either side of the napkin. We say, here is you, here's God on the other side. 
I start telling the story. God longs to be with you. He, his heart breaks that you cannot be together, but sin has separated you. And you know you're a sinner, right? I mean, you know you've broken the law. You know you've lied. You know that you've had unfaithful thoughts at the very least. You know that you've even sensed God wanting you to do good and you left it undone. And at the end of the day, there are consequences for that separation. Not that God wants, but that we have chosen to be separated from God. And often I might even bring up times when as a kid, I, you know, I remember looking at among my first porn magazines and kind of sensing God doesn't want you to do that. And yet I remember hardening in my heart in unrighteousness saying, I'm not going to worry about what God wants. I'm going to do what I want. Thank you very much. Many people can relate to that kind of a thing. And so I bring that kind of a thing up. I might not be that explicit depending on how well I know that person, but Whatever would be helpful that is relationally appropriate, I might bring up. And then I talk about here's the cross and Jesus makes the way. And that's an illustration. Now, again, they might need several of these and they might need several conversations. You don't need to close the deal here today, but you do want to be able to explain it. Another one might be the uh, testimony version where you just say, and, and in the workshop that is not a part of this particular podcast or audio, we go through an entire section on here's how to craft one or two testimonies that are really more robust. But in the shortened version, let me just say, it is a beginning, middle, and end. It is a, here's who I was before Christ. Here's what happened that I encountered Christ and he became very real to me. And here's how life with him has been ever since. And we don't uh, color that, you know, to make it perfect. We just say, this is how it really was, hopefully in ways that they relate to. Now, at the end of either of those, so whether it's a rehearsed testimony or a rehearsed explanation, we have an invitation. And this is where we say, hey, you know, we've gone through this once or twice. We've talked about this. Can I just ask you, and you're being honest here, what is stopping you? I feel like you understand it now. What is stopping you from giving your life to Jesus Christ? If you know that you have to trust him, if you do believe actually that he is God, he wants to save you and has the power to save you, what keeps you from doing this? And then I just pause and let them answer that question. And often, most of the time, they will say, this doesn't, hasn't happened every time for me, but it happens a lot of the time. I don't think anything. I think, I think I'm ready to do it right now. That sounds like I would want to do that and say, Hey, that's great. Can I lead you in a prayer to do that? And then I just pray for them. I don't make them pray unless occasionally, if it seems like they're the kind of person who would be fine with that. I pray for them. I say, Hey, would you just, I'm going to pray this and you just think it in your heart. And I pray, father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. I thank you so much that you love whoever it is enough to come after them despite their sinfulness and you want to save them right now. I give you, and maybe I'll first person it. I give you my life. I accept your forgiveness. Now fill me with the Holy spirit. Help me get on a good track to not do perfect, but to keep growing my walk with Christ. Keep taking a step toward you. Fill them with your Holy spirit right now in Jesus name. Amen. That's pretty much it. Then I congratulate them. And then I invite them. If they haven't already been to church, I invite them to church. There might be a book or two. Often it's good to give them something. Maybe I'll give them more than a carpenter by Josh McDowell, or I'll give them how good is good enough by Andy Stanley, something to reinforce what they've just done. Maybe even the purpose driven life. Any of those are good. Giving them something to go on. So that doesn't just drop. You don't know necessarily what the enemy is going to attack them with next. And then you just encourage them, you celebrate them, and then you follow up with them. So we talked about a lot today. We talked about spiritual preparation. Remember, this is the right cookie dough mix. 
I got to have good theology and I got to prepare their hearts in prayer. We have to have deliberate intentionality. I want to go where the fish are. I want to pre-think through and pray through who is this going to be and where is it and what is the common ground I'm trying to build with them. And then finally, gentle clarity. Remember, this is poor history professors only share random details without giving me the big picture of the entire story that I find myself in. And we talked about the fact that I want to begin with love before judgment, though I do need to get to the breaking of the law and faith toward Christ, the Christ who wants to save me and can save me. He has the power. He has been raised from the dead. The cross was enough, that kind of thing. And I want to do two things. I want to have a rehearsed testimony ready and a rehearsed explanation, such as the napkin explanation, which we'll include in some kind of PDF with this post, or you can find it at the website, wherever you think you would go to get this audio. And then we're just going to very lovingly, very patiently explain it. And then we invite, Hey, we've talked about a lot today. What is stopping you? Here's where you are on the bridge. What is keeping you from accepting Jesus forgiveness and crossing over? Now they may say, well, I've still got some questions about this, that, or the other thing. You want to affirm that, hey, that's totally legit. Here's what I would encourage you. Here, I'm going to send you some YouTube videos on that very thing. Or if they want to talk to a pastor, hey, can I set up a meeting between you and my pastor or something like that? Something just to get them taking the next step instead of just walking away. And then you pray for them. So here's my challenges for you today. Number one, pray for opportunities to share your God story. Number two, review your spheres of influence. And number three, practice drawing out the bridge illustration and being able to share that or another concise way of here's a way to explain the gospel. Well, my friends, I hope you found this helpful. Please leave any feedback for me in the comments, but God bless you as you go on sharing your God story with others. All right, my friends, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us. If you got value out of this podcast, make sure you subscribe in your favorite podcast app and don't forget to share it with your people wherever you share things and with whomever your people are. And if you haven't been there lately, remember there's always more stuff over at the YouTube channel. So don't forget to check that out. Just search Fierce Leadership on YouTube. Don't forget the home base website again is fierce.church slash leadership. That's where you can get that PDF. Special thanks to our patrons who give generously to support this ministry. If you'd like to support the FLP, consider checking out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash fierce leadership where you can become a patron and help us create more leadership development resources for as low as $1 a month. Every dollar counts and it just means a ton. The FLP is for everybody anywhere in the world. If you have a home church, I want to encourage you to serve there, to lead strong, to lead meekly, to lead connected to Jesus. If you do not have a home church, can I encourage you? Check out Fierce Church online at fierce.church and consider that a source of spiritual food until you can find a local expression of the body of Christ in your area. Hey, we'll see you next time. Lead strong today. <laughs>